Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. Great big Arizona Saturday. Good morning. You are at Rosie on the House. It's every Arizona homeowner's happy place. Now, we're here every Saturday morning to inform you, protect you, and entertain you uh, on each and every topic having to do with your maintenance, repair, or remodeling of your house, home, castle, or cabin. Don't even think about touching your house until you touch base with us at Rosie on the House. And here's how you do that. You ring us now at one 767 4348 That's one 888 the number four, and the letter U, R-O-S-I-E for you. And that's what we are. We are here for you. Allow me the privilege of putting my 48 years of experience building and remodeling in Arizona to work for you. I'll put all that experience to work to any project you're trying to get done or any question you might have. We'll get it done, Rosie Wright. one 888 767-4348. Miss Jess Welch will be call screening for us this morning. She'll be able to take the call, get your name and your question. We'll get you on air and we'll have that question answered just as quick as we can. Whether you're a newcomer to Arizona or you've been here all your life, no matter where you are or what you want to do, <laughs> I've probably already done it once or twice and I'll help you out or I'll know someone who has done it. And for all of our listeners in KNST and KGVY and Tucson Green Valley, Sorita, the voting is open right now for Tucson, uh, the Daily Stars. Reader's Choice. Reader's Choice Awards. And we are in the home services under Best Homeowner Resource. Yep. And you can, um, just, you can just go to rosieonthehouse.com. Click on the uh, link right there on the home page. Go to business services, and you'll find us. So we appreciate the vote. We've been we've home, been winning several years in a row now. Home services, and then there's a number of different categories inside there, and it's listed under uh, best homeowner resource. So. The best homeowner resource, and that's what we strive to do: is be the best resource for you, the Arizona homeowners to ask questions about your house, home, castle, or cabin. Um, well, after about a year and a half of one of the most unbelievable heated real estate markets I've ever seen, and I've been around for a little while. Um, I mean, I've, I've been uh, hanging doors and running baseboard and taping sheetrock since about 1972. And uh, so I've seen a couple ups and downs, and and my crystal ball isn't any more clear today than it was as a kid in 1972. But I can tell you this: the real estate market is taking a breath. I I, I can't say it slowed down. Um, whereas before, if you were in the buying market, you literally just 
played Russian roulette and you just threw offers in on every single piece of property you could find in hopes that something would give you a negotiating arm to talk to somebody about the possibility of maybe putting a down payment on this house and stand in line because you'd be four or five or six people deep and the homeowner would have the choice of looking through all the offers and deciding which way they wanted to go. It's cooled off a little bit from that. It's taking a breath. So the buyer's options, as it slows down a little bit, is going to increase. So those of you that have been patient, I know many of you that sold your homes in the last year, and you've just moved into a rental thinking, oh, I'm going to outsmart this situation. And then the rents went up 35%, 40%, 50% in some particular neighborhoods. But you're still sitting on that huge fat equity check that you got out of the sale of your home. Now, where are we going to put that back to work? Well, now's the time that you could probably go out there and start fishing again. Go ahead and put your bait in the line. Go ahead and start dragging and start trolling and looking around because you're probably going to be able to do something. Now, you're going to not be able to do it at the interest rate you had your prior home, but you will be able to increase your options right now in this particular market. We had a lot of power outages this week, as you all probably know, but (coughs) a lot of people that had solar discovered that just because you have solar panels doesn't mean you are going to be able to operate your home during a power outage. In fact, majority of all solar panels, unless you're completely independent of the grid, are designed to shut down when the power goes down. And why is that, you ask? Well, if the linemen are down the line working to restore the power and they've got electricity coming from your solar panels, you get five, six, seven solar panel homes in a neighborhood that they're working nearby, it's a lot of energy coming back down the line that could injure them. So it's designed to shut off so it's not sending electricity back into the grid when the power's off so that the utility companies can safely get that restored. However, there are options, and we've got Randy Cole of Fox Valley Electric and Solar who will actually be joining us for an entire hour next Saturday uh, talking about uh, solar, but we wanted to bring them on this week just in light of all the power outages that were out and talk through the options that homeowners now have to you know, being able to continue to operate their home when the power does go out. Good morning, Randy. Oh, we're still getting Randy on the phone. Hold on. Uh, he, it should be him on line two on air. Randy? I love these. Hello? <laughs> there, there he is. There he is. Yay. Hi, Randy. Hi, good morning. (laughs) So talk us through the options that homeowners have if they want to uh, continue to have electricity during a power outage. Well, one of the best bets is solar panels, of course, because solar panels uh, not only help you have power independently, but they help you save a ton of money on your energy bill. When you have solar panels and they have a storm and an outage, solar panels are going to quit producing. They don't really quit producing, but they quit sending power past where it goes into the grid. And when, uh, unless you have a switch that will disconnect from the grid, then they're not going to send it into your home. And that's what so most... We have options for that. That's yeah. what most solar installs don't have, is that switch that redirects it into your home. 
That's the case, yes, because without without the uh, a battery or any other source of power, your solar system is not going to operate. Because there's a, there's a few brand new inverters that will operate, but they you still need that switch for them to be able to do so. Now, if I already have solar on my home, can I just have this switch installed? That can get a little complicated. You know, solar industry is, is still one of the newer ones out there. So sometimes not all products work together. So sometimes we'll get a call from a, a solar installation that is existing and they want to add a battery. Well, their inverter doesn't support that. So that has to be replaced, which adds to the cost. Or perhaps they want to add a smart switch to disconnect from the grid in an event of a power outage. And perhaps their equipment doesn't isn't compatible. So the panels themselves on the home are almost always compatible, but sometimes inverters or other combiner switches, things like that may not be. And past the solar panels, you had mentioned batteries. Could I, do the batteries work the same way as the solar does, that it won't generate or output energy in a power outage, or does that work separate than the solar? Batteries are separate from a solar, but if they're connected to the grid without a switch, they're not going. They're going to shut down because there's safeguards, like you said earlier in the show, to protect the linemen that are working for APS and SRP to get us back up and running. If it's outputting through your meter into the grid, it's a potential hazard for them. So it just depends on how the contractor had originally installed it. And then on top of that, uh, I had the opportunity to look at a pretty slick setup you guys had just finished putting together that has not only the solar and the batteries, but then a, a third uh, backup behind that. So you've got like this huge redundancy that can keep you up and operating for, you know, it, it would be weeks. hard to estimate how long, but it, it, you, you, could, you could milk it for weeks. Yeah, it could go for weeks, maybe months. But uh, the, what, what you're talking about is a solar system and then you have batteries, and then you have a generator, and you have a smart switch that controls all of that. So in the event of an outage, you seamlessly, you really don't even know there is an outage because you, you seamlessly switch over from grid pow, uh, supported power to your own system completely. And then your smart switch is going to use the solar produced by your panels, your solar panels, that power, plus the power that's available in your batteries, and coordinate that with a generator where it may turn it on, it may turn it off, recharging the batteries, supporting your air conditioner loads, things like that. And the generator only kicks in when it needs to, like night or if you're trying to get the air conditioning going. It's not like the generator's running constantly, and the generator and the solar can both power the batteries. So it's the system complements each other as well. That's correct. See, so our, we've been talking about this earlier in the show, but the, your biggest energy uses are your compressors. And so that's your air conditioners, maybe your freezers, maybe your refrigerators, you know, th- things along those lines. So those things sometimes when in, in the middle of a summer, most solar systems or a lot of solar systems are not producing as much as you're using. You're not getting a bill from the power company because you're using credits you banked up throughout the year. Um, now in the summertime, if that happens during an outage, your system's not producing what you're what you're using, but you don't have the credits either because the, the grid is down, right? So you've got other sources coming in to help keep your air conditioning running. You can basically keep your home running seamlessly if it's designed correctly without having to pick and choose critical. 
circuits. Well, Randy, I was talking a little bit earlier. This segment about my crystal ball is not very clear. But I'll bet you dimes to donuts you can't find a generator in Eloy or Arizona City right now. <laughs> because be, because if, if, if I've learned anything in my relatives in South Louisiana, uh, the first time you come home and the power's been off for three or four days and the blood's dripping out the bottom of the freezer and you open that door. and You, you don't realize, open the door. You, That's you, what you learn. You, you realize everything in there is gone it's soured the freezer's completely wasted because it's, it's non-salvager you can't save it uh, that's generally when all my family end up deciding i want generator backup so we can supply that i mean uh what's your generator inventory look like right now randy it, it's actually it has improved of late so okay. you know generators the, the problem with uh, like having an outage like we did in arizona city is is a lot of people, you know, start to call and our, our phones are ringing. But it, the overall installation is going to be, you know, several months. By the time we get the call, you know, design the system, um, get permitting and everything else, it's, it's, it's probably going to be well into the fall. Uh, so generators, what they're what we're hearing from today, you know, it's, it's two, three months before, they, before they're needed okay. for the installation. Well, we've got to take a quick break. That's Randy Cole, Fox Valley Electric and Solar. You can find them at rosieonthehouse.com. And these generators, they have their own power source as well. It's not the generator you just go to the hardware store and pick up. These are industrial Kohler uh, backup generators that look like, uh, you know, a, a, I don't know. They're, it was about uh, waist high and uh, a big cabinet box. But then you've got your propane that supplies those. And as the propane tank runs out, you can continue to have that refilled. Well, uh, if, if needed, uh, we've got some math and numbers on how long that will last. But we got to take a quick break. We'll cover more after this. Tell all your friends that I am the man to see. Baby, I'm your handyman. So I'd mentioned we were going to come back with a few numbers for how long the fuel supply would last. If you have a 250-gallon propane tank, propane companies only fill it to 80% of capacity, so it's 200 gallons. The generator when it's, will use about 3 gallons an hour. So if you ran it nonstop on a 200-gallon tank, it'd be 2.7 days. But... The system Randy was talking about, where it's the generator and the batteries and the solar, you wouldn't need to run it during the day. Constant, yeah. And uh, but a lot of times the generator is only using to the high peak of the day if the batteries can't do it or to recharge the batteries if the solar is operating the home and doesn't have enough to recharge the batteries as well. So it, and it's a very, very neat system I got to see, and it's all the way they all complement each other. And if you're in a dual energy home with natural gas piped to the house— that generator could run forever. Yeah. yeah, it could. So a lot of good options there. Yeah, guys, we had a caller call in just a little bit ago, building a new home and wants oh to know oh what's the best <laughs> water treatment system to put in. Oh, boy. Uh, we've only got 40 minutes left of the show, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've definitely got some strong opinions about water treatment systems. Um there's a 
there's a lot of there's a lot of bad, erroneous, misleading information about water treatment systems. And one of them's in a hour-long infomercial that usually airs on TV right about now. Yeah. Um, so go make sure it's certified by the Arizona Water Quality Association. That's really key. And uh, you know, you're, you're gonna a lot of smoke and mirrors and a lot of gimmicks on new systems that really just aren't proven, aren't verified. And we've got a lot of great guys in our water treatment uh, category. We've got water treatment technologies. They're an independent dealer. We've got the Maricopa County Water Processing. That's the Connecticut dealer in Phoenix and Tucson. We've got Isley's um, that has a couple different lines of equipment they use in service. So, I mean, any, any of the guys on our network have all all use equipment that's verified and you know start start with them the, proceed with caution i can't emphasize it enough there's a lot of manufacturers and contractors and installers and plumbers who um, will sell you anything uh, for treating your water um, and it, it the equipment is not all made equal okay and don't let anyone ever convince you you can soften water without sodium or potassium ionic exchange. You can. You can treat it, but you're not going to soften it. The only way you can soften it without that is a, a nanofilter system uh, that would take up more space than your two-car garage and would literally cost you tens of thousands of dollars. It, it's, it's absolutely on a residential application, not applicable at all so building that new house go to rosieonthehouse.com take a look at the water treatment category get water treatment technology isley's Connecticut. i'll talk to them find out what real water treatment equipment can really do and how it can enhance your life i know this Romy, you taught me when you got a water softener at your house uh i'd lived at that point about 42 years without it i got one and I'll never live without a water softener again. And then your RO filter at the kitchen sink, and it's it's enjoyable water like you just can't imagine. Keeps it clean, keeps it healthy, and keeps your plumbing system tickled to death. Buyer beware on water treatment equipment. Go to rosieonthehouse.com. And you're smart to be looking at that while you're building your home because if it takes additional plumbing in the home to have a water softening loop, and if that's not plumbed in ahead of time, that's got to be added after the fact, and it creates an additional cost. So if you're doing it now and it's plumbed in while the plumber's already there, very smart. That intro always fires me up. Thank you, Gary. I love that. That band is celebrating 50-plus years, and they're still not showing any signs of stopping. It's always, it, it has always been one of my all-time favorite bands. I can listen to Chicago and CCR <laughs> forever.
Oh, mercy, mercy. Where are we going to go here, buddy? We've got the seven steps of big savings on your electric bill. We need to cover that. We've got to cover the most asked question of the week. Is that what that? Is that what this is? Well, I, I wouldn't say asked necessarily because okay. it's the pages that are visited on our website. Well, we also have a question that called in. They didn't want to be on air, but they were wondering. Why don't they want to be on air? Do we, do we, are we ever pushy or mean? No, not at all. I think okay. you're just, your knowledge is intimidating. Oh, okay. So she didn't want to come on she air. She didn't want what's, to come on air, but she was wondering, um, when you do have, when you do still have your electricity, but your AC goes out, what do you do? What is a good portable AC to get? Uh, that's a good question. They, they, there are actually good options uh, available in the last ten years. So, and what do you really want to be looking for when you're looking for a portable AC? Well, if you've still got electricity and your air conditioning is out, then you go to a room air conditioner that you can buy at any of the big box stores or hardware stores. The important critical thing to that is it's going to require fresh air. So there's going to have to be a breather tube sent from that unit standing in the middle of the room to the outside. Uh, most of those units come with adapters that you can put in a sliding window that allow you to do that. But uh, they'll cool a room. They won't cool a whole house. You can put one in your master bedroom, make sure it's vented outside, and at least you could retreat to your master bedroom and, and, and sleep in the cool. And they're, they're going to run anywhere between 350 Better ones are 400 500 You can go to six, $700. But they're all a, equipped to take care of a room that's about 400 square feet. And you could also go to an evap cooler option um, as well. You, that'll need a water supply or... Um, and drain. And possibly a drain yeah. as well, yeah. So there's there's a couple options. There's actually even another one we're, we just ordered to test that's a little tiny thing. And I mean, it's footprint-wise, it isn't any bigger than this laptop sitting right here, but it's, you know, a little bit taller and, and wider. Yeah, have you guys talked about that previously? Because I think that's what spurred her question was a little box to cool the room. They, whoever, whoever the marketing company is for that, should deserves a, a, a prize because it's on every internet site you go into <laughs> instantly cool a room in two minutes with something the size of a As Kleenex. seen on TV. As, so it's about the size of a Kleenex yeah. box. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Did you order one to test a- it? According to the okay, um, the advertisement as well, it was some kid in Phoenix developed it. Okay. Because uh, their school classroom air conditioning was broken. They were working in like 95 degree temperatures. And so he's got some... Some miracle, uh, not miracle, but it's actually the, you know one of the oldest technologies, but some new ways put it together. You add water, turn it on, and it's supposed to cool the room in minutes. So but, I thought, well, it was eighty bucks. So I'm like, all right, we're gonna test it. We're gonna we're gonna invest in one to test. Let's see what, it's, test what it can do. Test it. So, and in the meantime, uh, you know, look at just about every hardware store has a portable air conditioner or a vap cooler. You can. You can buy the supplement, and I'm, yeah, I know a lot of people that uh, that uh, we we have one at the office, uh, just cooling the closet where the computers and the server rooms are. Yeah, and we had to drill a hole for the exhaust port for the air for that. Yeah. so it's got to be exhausted. That's the one critical thing you need to know. Air conditioning must be able to breathe out. 
You do not want it breathing the same air inside your house. Certainly. And what it exhausts is, is the hot air as well. So you don't want to be putting that right, right back into the room either. Um, but for most of us, uh, the most practical application is, you know, empty your refrigerator and freezer if it's going to be a couple days and, you know, you find a hotel somewhere, <laughs> somewhere nearby is what's going to be in the budget for probably most people. Or if it, like Randy was saying, it could be three months before the generator arrives. Uh, so if you are in the process of doing that, you know, you may not be completely done before we're out of this monsoon <laughs> not for season this. for not, this year. Not but for this forward, monsoon, you'll be fine. but you'll be ready for next monsoon for sure. Like I say, you only have to clean out one thawed freezer <laughs> when you think a generators are really good buy. <laughs> Gary, you've been in, in 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 Hurricane Alley. I mean, have you ever go, walked up to a freezer that was uh, thawed out after three weeks? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the stench is unbelievable. Oh, my, my cousins in the in Lafayette and, and whatnot, they've experienced the same thing. But when Romy mentioned filling up the tub, boy, that just flashed back 40 years for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing we did when we were facing a hurricane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plug it, fill it, yeah. for sure. Oh, man. So for this, for the website, rosyonthehouse.com, we, we have an encyclopedia of information that you can access on um, di- a million different topics. We've been doing this broadcast for 35 years. We've been answering homeowners' questions, and all those questions and answers are on the website. But one of the things that we are inquired about the most, what is it, bud? What's the one that's currently trending the most? And it's it's been on top for a while. Kind of a strange one is replacing a showerhead, a do-it-yourself job. That's still the top one. Yep. What, 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 what is that? It's been there for like three months. You, what is that? It, it seemed, a, I think it some, would be a, such a one-off. Yeah. Is somebody's keyboard just stuck on search and it just keeps clicking it, ticking it, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. My only guess would be, let's say what they don't it? have a softening water system and you know how calcium builds yeah, up on the yeah, shower yeah. head and you're like, uh, well, I guess I better replace it with a new one. Man. <laughs> That's all I can think. Well, we're not going to cover that today. We've we've had to cover it about four times in the last three months. What else is what else are people asking about? Uh, super cooling, obviously, for for obvious reasons. That's a popular one right now. We cover that so often in this show. I don't uh, I don't feel like we need to cover it again. But we do need to. I, I tell you what, we do need to do. We need to do a YouTube video on that because I think it would help people a lot. Uh, super. Uh, what is the correct mortar mix ratio for masonry? I, not, um, that's usually number one. It's down at number four right now. We're not going to cover that. No one in Arizona at 115 degrees. No homeowners out mixing their own mortar right now. <laughs> yeah, block fencing and heat. That's, uh, that's a good combination. Oh, man. man. <laughs> All right. What are we going to cover? Well, <clears throat> last week's was uh, hit the top probably just because we had covered it on there and people were getting more information about attic ventilation. Yeah, um, seriously, that was that was our that was our topic last week. Okay, so if, if that's your if that's what you're searching for, go look again. It's there. And then you can tell the seasonal one here. How do I repair drywall blisters? So, oh yeah, that's and what that is uh, the blisters where the water comes through the roof and soaks through the insulation and settles on the drywall. As it soaks through the drywall, it doesn't just give out right away. The 
the paint usually starts bubbling out and you've got this pocket of water there. So that's that's a drywall blister. We talk about uh, making sure you pop that and put a, bear, a container underneath it and contain the water. But don't allow that drywall just to sit there collecting the water. Uh, it'll collect enough where it'll actually bring the sheetrock, the insulation, everything down on top of your furniture and the carpet, and it'll be a real mess. Uh, be proactive about it. Don't go outside in a storm and try and stop it up on the roof. Just poke a hole in the drywall, put a big bucket there, and collect it. Let's see if we can go to the phone. Carolyn's called in, see if we can help her out. Good morning, Miss Carolyn. Hi. Hello. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? I sure can. All right. Good. It's wonderful wonderful to talk to you because I have listened to you for years and years. And then we went up to Seattle for 10 years, came back, and now I hear you again. My <laughs> question good. Welcome is, back. Welcome back. <laughs> my question is, we're south of Tucson a little bit. We have a home here where there's water ponding on the west side, and it does typically drain out to the street. We would like to build it up somehow so that we can put a, a patio area in there. What is your recommendation for building up with dirt, putting then gravel over that, or what are your thoughts? Boy, that's that's just a bigger picture of a of a landscaping scheme. Uh, do we want softscape? Do we want hardscape? We could go in there and we could do a, a an elevated paver area. Uh, with a shade tree that, be, that would become, you know, one of the respiteful, restful stations on the property that you could retreat to to watch sunsets and sunrises. Uh, you can certainly do it with just dirt. You can do it with mounding. You can do it with raised planter walls. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be overly concerned with ponding water on my property uh, with the exception of two things. I don't want it ponding against my foundation or my stem wall, or particularly near the house. Um, and I don't want it ponding to the point that it actually in, in, um, creates a mosquito harvest, okay? But ponding water on your property, you strategically can restore the water and the health of the soil right there on your property. In a perfect world, um, the urban planners in uh, Arizona would like to think that for every drop of rain that fell out of the sky, it would stay on your property and not create a surface drainage issue. Now that's in a perfect world and we live far from a perfect world. But we, uh, Romy, it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, y'all talked about rain harvesting from the man down in Tucson, right? I would, I would, I would have her call him. I was just pulling it all Mr. up. Mr. Lancaster? It was on June 25th. Oh, that was one of the most that was one of the greatest most informative interesting hours I've heard in a long time. And what we'll do Carolyn, we'll text you a link to the archive page where you can listen to the podcast and it talks about uh what to do with water that falls on your home and Brad was saying that um there's more rain that falls on Tucson in a year than what they get delivered from CAP. So if everyone just learned how to use and capture the water that fell on Tucson, their reliance on Colorado River water could drop to, you know, tremendously. You're, you're going to be glad you called. You're going to love visiting with that man. So let's put those two in touch about water harvesting uh, properly. 
Seven steps to big savings on your electric bill. Number one, let's take a look at your energy bill, okay? First thing you got to do is forget about the fees and taxes. There's nothing you can do about that. They're locked in. Um, you know, it's done. The next thing you want to do is take a look at the total kilowatts you consumed in a month. And then you want to divide it by the total expense that you paid. So let's say it's 3,600 kilowatts for a larger home, a 3,000 square foot home. And your bill was, say, $540. Well, you're at 15 cents a kilowatt. I can tell you that if you'll switch your power plan to time of use and shift your consumption patterns to where you're taking electricity now off peak, we can get your power bill down to under 10 cents a kilowatt. Last month, I was at eight cents a kilowatt. That's on a 3,200 square foot home. And that's for a home whose thermostat is set at 68 degrees. I live perfectly comfortable. My bill is less than a third than what all my neighbors pay. And I'm doing the best favor I can to utility company. My house doesn't eat any electricity on peak when everybody else is begging for it through the heat of the afternoon. So get to time of use. I would also tell you to get rid of the budget plans. And I know that rubs a lot of you wrong, but a lot of you are, you, you cannot see what benefit you're getting from the changes you're making, but in a very delayed way, unless you really know your energy bill and you can take a look at the kilowatt consumption and the peak demand and all of that as it shows every month what you're actually consuming. But most of you just look at what's due. You write the check, you're on automatic debit, you pay it and it's done. I'm not, the when people ask me to consult on how they can save their electric bill, the first thing I ask them, is would you please switch off the budget plan, go to time of use plan, and by the time we're done in two or three months consulting, uh, you'll you'll be saving anywhere between 30 and 50%. And you know how much it's going to cost you? Nothing. Nothing. It's going to be a phone call to your power company, and it's going to be maybe an investment in a programmable thermostat. Maybe. But you won't even necessarily need to do that. So there's seven tips. You can find it on our website at rosyonthehouse.com. Seven steps to big savings on your electric bill. Do have a caller on? Let's bring him on before we have to uh, exit the show here, real quick. Uh, who have we got online, Mike? Mr. Mike? Yeah, Mike, are you there? Oh, he hung up. Oh. <laughs> he wanted to know what happened to advanced home systems, and that's the issue of uh, supercooling. Uh, Mr. Steve Kep, uh, the father of supercooling, the genius of supercooling. Uh, the inventor of supercooling, the one who taught me everything I know about supercooling, uh, is now uh, taking the advanced home computer and distributing it through solar 
companies. He's no longer out there actually installing it himself. So, Michael, if you'd like to reach Steve, uh, just ring our office. Uh, chances are uh, the reason you're looking for him is because you've got an energy management computer on your home. And because you do, you're a time-of-use buyer. And now you're on APS, and your time-of-day use has changed, and you need that computer reprogrammed. Well, Mike, um, uh, Mr. Kep can talk you through that. He also has a, 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 a video on a YouTube channel that kind of coaches you through how to do it yourself. So if, in fact, you're one of those Arizona homeowners who are a time-of-use consumer, uh, you have just gained two hours a day that you can super cool. Your on-peak has gone down from five hours a day to three hours a day. That should help virtually every single homeowner in Arizona if we could just get you all to take advantage of jumping on that plan. So, Mr. Mike. Give us a ring at the office. I'll be happy to put you and Mr. Kep in touch with each other. Well, and I know Randy at Fox Valley Electric and, and Solar uh, yes. uh, yeah. has gone through the installation and training process and actually has uh, that for retail Great use call. as well. So, Great call. Uh, Steve, like Rosie said, he's he's enjoying his time. Uh, I think last time I spoke to him he was last go- month, he was, he was in North golfing, South Dakota. Golfing in the Black Hills. He was... <laughs> He was doing the Mount Rushmore tour, yeah. so he's he's enjoying his retirement. He's for doing sure. natural super cooling that far. Natural, <laughs> na- very natural, natural. Very super cooling, absolutely. Well, there you are. Uh, today's broadcast of Rosie on the House. We're wrapping up three hours. Uh, started the we started the show right down in the dirt. With Arizona Worm Farm, we did. That was a very fun hour, very interesting hour. Didn't know how much there was to know about <laughs> worms and uh, everything that's available at uh, Arizona Worm Farm, which is down on 19th Avenue. Uh, he said, just take any freeway to 19th Avenue, head south, and you'll find it. It's a 10-acre organic farm and everything that they're trying to accomplish there. And That was a great interview. Uh, I, I really like the, the The goal is for that 10 acres to sustain 10 families, you know, completely independent. That's awesome. It's worth going, it's worth going down there and just exploring the strategies they're using to get that done. Yeah. And all, all, every box that he gets cardboard, it just, it turns into worm food and (laughs) table scraps, everything. He just, and then the worm castings grow, uh, the produce in the gardens, uh, all, all by itself. It's, it's, it's a natural composting. One of the things we wanted to get across to all of you today is that we are in our monsoon. We'll, we had a good little storm spanking earlier in the week with a fabulous lightning show. It's not over. We're going to see some more. Uh, indications are it could be pretty heavy in the following week. Batten down the hatches. Be prepared. Have your drinking water, your flashlights. Be prepared. Don't get caught by surprise. And we'll be back next Saturday morning right here on this station. Rosie on the house.